Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. Among the various intellectual virtues, that is, habits of, of mind, you might say, that are being discussed in Nicomachean Ethics Book 6, we find the one that is translated in a variety of ways as art or craft, skill. This corresponds to many disciplines. And the Greek term for it is techne. This is indeed the word that we get technology from, which Aristotle, by the way, is, is one of the first people to, to use, not so much in terms of artifacts, but in terms of the people who are creating certain artifacts. The backstory of that is that he calls uh, writers of manuals technologoi in his is art of rhetoric. And we can come back to that point towards the end and talk about how that fits in here. So one of the key differentiating factors for this is that it has to do with making or production, in Greek, poiesis. And this is the word, by the way, that we get poet from, because poetry is one form of poesis, one form of, of making, but there's many other kinds of making as well. And Aristotle wants to distinguish this in a technical sense from action or doing praxis. And the differentiation that's taking place is primarily on this basis. What Aristotle here is calling praxis are the things that are done for the sake of that activity. They, they might be productive of something else, but they have their value in doing that very activity. Whereas poetic production or making is something whose good lies outside of the process of making. It's the thing that's made or the condition or whatever it is that we're bringing, as Aristotle says, bringing into existence, causing to move from not being to being which could include changing the, the states of things. Now you might say, and this is a very important point, that there's some slippage between these. That, for instance, we might be engaged in certain kinds of action because we want to produce some sort of effect within ourselves, I think Aristotle would be willing to grant that. There are also people who engage in handicrafts on a hobby basis because they enjoy that. They're not very interested in the things that they're producing. They're interested in the activity itself. And Aristotle would probably be willing to say that considered in that light, they're actually engaged in action, but they're engaged in action through engaging in craft or skill, and this will determine the quality, at least, of the products that they have. Or if you want to say it in somewhat metaphysical terms, the truth, because each of these intellectual virtues, including technique, is a way of attaining truth. What would truth be in this case? It would be that the product conforms to, say, the ideal that the person has in their mind, or the purposes of the product. Aristotle doesn't go into a discussion about that here in this section, but there's nothing that would preclude us from, from reading that in. So it involves the practical sphere, which is the realm of things that can be different than they are. And indeed, we're going to see that this plays an important role. So it's not dealing with the same subject matters that the sciences are, for example. It's not to say that, that poetic production couldn't use what it is that the sciences teach them. So for example, if you're engaged in doing pottery, you can do it, you know, the way that the ancient Greeks did it, but you're probably not going to get quite so good results if you don't 
don't take into account what chemists can tell us about all the different kinds of clay and their different properties. Similarly, glazing, right? Glazing is really a matter of, of chemicals and applying heat processes. So, you know, the same thing can be looked at in two different ways. The science can tell you a lot about the properties of things, but it can't really tell you how to do the craft itself. That's something that is within the practical sphere. Aristotle defines it and indeed defines not only art or craft per se as a generic thing, but uh, also defines specific arts or crafts as a rational habit concerned with production. Rational means metalogu. So there is some thinking involved there, or at least some reasoning process, a practical reasoning process. I want to produce this. Here's what's required in order to produce that, in order to make it happen well. Therefore, I must do this to lead to this. It's also, as he calls it, a hexus. It is a habit. It is a lasting disposition that has been established in the person. This makes perfect sense when you think about what is involved in any sort of art or craft. Think about musicianship, for example. If you've ever played an instrument other than the kazoo or the triangle, you know that there's quite a lot of work involved in progressing in in acquiring that kind of skill that's involved, the product of which would be, say, a musical performance or harmony or the enjoyment of the viewers or listeners, I suppose. Habits have to be developed over time. Habits also do involve some sort of principles. They're not just a matter of blind habit. There is some sort of rationality involved. Several other things that Aristotle tells us about this that are particularly interesting and determinative of this is that in craft, the maker is the efficient cause for the thing that is being made. The efficient cause does not lie within the thing, but rather lies within the activity and the mindset of the maker, who is the one who is able to actually perform it. So this allows us to to make some important metaphysical differentiations here. You, You probably didn't think we were going to do that talking about arts and crafts, right? It doesn't deal with things that are brought into existence, that come into existence, or that exist by necessity. So we have to qualify this a bit because, you know, you might say, well, the potter in firing the pot is making use of the properties of physical materials, and those are from necessity. Yes, but it's not like clay pots are popping up at random all over the place. Well, not at random, by necessity all over the place, uh, being formed and fired. Nor does the artist deal with something that is by nature. So, you know, you might say, well, does that mean that farming is not a productive activity then? Because the farmer plants the seed, right? And the seed does sprout and grow and do all of its, its stuff according to principles within the thing. And Aristotle would say, well, do fields occur by nature? Think about the corn plant, for example, or for Europeans, I think they call it maize, but here we call it corn. That is a genetically modified product in the extreme, and not by scientists, but by all sorts of other people in the past who kept breeding it the right way and eventually made it into something that we now recognize today. Because if you look at the original plant that it's derived from, Not a lot of kernels there, not a lot of nourishment. So it it can be dealing with things that are natural, but insofar as they're being transformed, put into a different context, we're talking about something that is the object of craft or skill. 
He does say that crafter skill deals with the same objects as chance. That doesn't mean that it performs what it does in a haphazard way. As a matter of fact, it's sort of the opposite of chance. Chance is just randomness or things just happening to be the way they are. With skill, there is intentionality. There is desire being directed towards certain ends. There is the production of a product that might not be standardized, but certainly bears the marks of the maker's determinations, not just chance activities. But it's dealing with the same kinds of objects as chance. You know, music, you can strum a harp or a guitar and you can make some sounds. If you do it long enough, you might actually make some things that sound pretty decent. But it's not gonna happen all that often. The goal of craft or, or techne is to make it happen more often and to make it happen reliably when the person wants to do it. As a matter of fact, Aristotle actually says, I don't have this on the board, but he says at one point that when a craftsperson deliberately makes a mistake, that's not bad because they're choosing to do that and perhaps they're doing it for some sort of effect, like a customer has been a terrible person, so they're going to give them a bad saddle, right? If they do it unintentionally, that's more of a problem because that means that they don't really possess their skill or craft. They don't really understand why they made the mistake that they did. So sometimes being able to make mistakes is actually a sign of one's art or craft. Not the same thing, by the way, Aristotle says, with science, because it's not actually science if you make a mistake, according to Aristotle. Not the same way with prudence. If, if you make a mistake in matters of prudence, that's on you. That's bad. Examples. He uses the example of house building, oikodome, in this, and that, he says, is a rational habit concerned with production. If you think about it, the making of shelter is using natural products, but it's not using them in the same way that nature does. Take the average house, and things are quite different than they would be in nature. Even if you're just digging a burrow, and you're saying, well, I'm, I'm doing it like a badger. Well, human beings aren't like badgers, and so digging a burrow and making a house in there is some sort sort of activity of craft. Rhetoric, another example. You can put words together with different audiences in different ways and you'll produce different effects. Rhetoric actually makes a study of that. I mentioned at the beginning that the first reference to technology, as far as we know, is the technologoi, the people who are writing rhetoric textbooks. Aristotle actually faults them for not being very good at their skill, at leaving out too much. They focus primarily on the emotions, on sort of like, push this button, you'll get this effect. Push this button, you'll get this effect from the audience. And they don't take into account the importance uh, not only of pathos or emotion, but also logos or rational structure or argument and ethos or, or character as well as other things and so he writes an art a technique of rhetoric be something that's better than that and this brings us really to the last point how do we in fact learn arts crafts or skills there is on the one side practice which is required to establish a habit but we're talking about a mental habit so it's going to be informed by some reasoning some principles and it involves a reasoning process this is why it's possible to critique performance of something that has been brought out by technique, by craft, by skill. We can say that did not achieve what, what the intended aim was. You didn't produce the kind of product, or the product is good in this respect, but not so good in that respect. So, a lot is covered by this very important, indeed for human life, irreplaceable 
intellectual virtue, which, which spreads out through a whole number of different individual arts and crafts and, and skills. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.